718 is almost over. Hey, if we can have all the uh, 7 and 7 guys come on in, uh, come on up, get a, find a seat, it'd be great. Today, we have a special service for you. You're wondering why all these people behind me. Uh, these are some of our team members. Uh, some of them just serve in different areas of our, of our church, uh, different parts of the team. And uh, I asked them this week uh, if they would share a little bit. And so today, what's going what to be, hap- be happening is it's called 7 and 7. And essentially, we have seven speakers that are going to have up to seven minutes to share something um, about their spiritual journey, something that, that's maybe taking place this year, but really to challenge us into the next year. So what have, what have you learned? What has God been doing? But more than that, what are, what's the challenge for 2019 in your life or for us? And so this uh, last few weeks, they've been preparing and, and getting ready for this. And so I'm excited to hear what they have to say and share because uh, it's going to be good. And so I know you guys are going to enjoy it. And I uh, just want to, yeah, so um, I won't introduce them. They'll introduce themselves as they step up, and there'll be a, a name behind them if they forget. Uh, so you know who it is, because that happens sometimes. <laughs> and, um, and I'm just excited for it. So uh, the first one that's going to share, uh, she's dear to my heart, and so she'll be the only one I really introduce, and the rest she can introduce herself to if she wants. But uh, my wife's Sincerity, and so would you give Sincerity a hand? Uh, she's got seven minutes. Countdown's going, babe. Go get it. Hey, good morning, everyone. My name is Sincerity Montoya. I am dear to his heart because I'm his wife, and I love being here, um, not because I am the pastor's wife, but because I love to be able to be a part of our weekends together. Wish we had more time together, but that's why we try to um, enjoy every moment with um, each other as much as possible. I have a couple things I want to talk about. You know what? Some people don't know the story of the Grove, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that. When we talk about the Grove... um, I'm glad I'm the guinea pig. Um, we live in a beautiful city, and we have these beautiful aspens that live or that live right in the in the smack middle of our um, mountain, and they're um, they're just so beautiful when they turn golden and everything. It's just always a, a great reminder in the fall for us. It's one of our favorite places. But um, when we decided to start the church four years ago, we were talking about you know what is a healthy what is what is a healthy community look like, and uh, we always were constantly reminded with these trees and how these trees weren't able to grow healthy in this grove um, unless there was young, young trees and there's older trees. And, you know, when people started, you know, asking us, what are, how are you going to start the church? You know, what are you, what are you going after? You're going to go after young people with, with lots of kids because we were young people with lots of kids. We have four children. And so people thought that's what our aim was. And we said, no, a healthy grove is this community of trees that there's some young ones and there's some old ones. And the reason why is because we work well together and we grow well together because there is some wisdom in there and there's young because it just keeps us young, right? If you're pushing 40, sometimes you're like, man, I'm getting old because you hang out with young people and you're like, wow, really getting old. But you need to have all those different those different ages um, and maturity to be able to have a healthy grove. Um, And so one of the things I want to talk about is how important it is for us to need each other. Um, You know, we can go into the next year and we say, you know, no, I got this. I am one of these persons that I can, I would rather get it done and do it by myself because I know it's going to get done right. And you know what? God doesn't want us to do that. He made the grove around us so that we can ask for help and that's tough. That's tough for me. Ask for help or to be able to have people a part of my life around this journey. And so one of the coolest um, proverbs I love, um, and also because I'm part of a really big family, it's a Zabian pro- proverb. Where it's going to go up a little bit, Veronica. Sorry about that. But it's going to say, when you run alone, you run fast. But when you run together, you run far. How many of you guys want to run far this year? Yeah, you don't want to run, run out of steam when you get to the end of the year and you're like, I'm so done with this year. Some people I've already heard, they've talked about it. 2018, I'm so done with this year. But I want to run far. And the only way I'm going to be able to run far is if I run with someone. And that might be you and that might be some people that's on this stage right here. Hopefully your family and friends that are close to you. But the biggest part on that is that you need to have people that are around you. And, and we think, why? Why do I need to be with somebody? I'm good. Like, I got this. You know, you have this, this 
I got this attitude, and it, the reason why is because it's smarter. It's just, it's smarter to be. In Proverbs twenty-eight twenty-six, it says, Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. We recently went on a trip, and um, Eric was driving. I was in the back seat, and there was a co-pilot that was telling Eric where to go. We were in a different city in a rental car, and we didn't know where we were going. So this co-pilot could tell him, no, go here, no, go there. And in life, we need to have people in our car. That's going to be able to help us and say, you know what? No, no, no. I heard there was an accident there. Avoid that. And they're going to be able to push us to go farther. You know what? It's always funner when you have somebody in the car because they can bring snacks and they can bring an awesome playlist. You know, life is better together. And so we need to be able to really understand who needs to be in that car so that we can go farther. But who's going to be able to help me so they can guide me so I can go farther? Um, So one of the big things is we have to remember that um, community is God's answer to defeat. It's like a small gang. How many of you guys want to be in a gang? I do. I enjoy. This is, I'm a New Mexican woman. You know what? I, I need people in a gang. I need a small gang. And if you want to be a part of my gang, we're going to be those people that say, we're not going to let you get discouraged. Vata. You know, or we're going to say, I'm right here with you. Vata, you know what I'm saying? Or, you know, there's other words. I'm just not going to let it all come out because I definitely don't want to scare you. But we're friends for life. And I tell people that, you know, there's people I'm like, we're amigos for, for life. Because I need those people that are going to bring life into situations and everything. Oh, my gosh, my time is going so fast. Anyway, one of the things um, I'm going to go into is we need um, to be able to do life together. But one of the things that I think is one, one important thing that I remembered this year is that we need to have anthems. We need to have anthems when we go through life. Um, and what I mean by that is we went to a conference where I sat there and I realized that God's word was so important in my life. And I need to be able to be able to declare his word and what God says about me, the truth that he does have, to, that he says about me already. I need to declare those. So those are anthems that would say, you know what, everything's going to be great this, this year. Uh, maybe anthems that says, you know what, I am a healthy person. I bring life I'm a healed person. And when I am good, we are good. When I am good, the grove is good. Because I'm bringing, I'm helping you. And when you're going through something, I'm going through something. And guess what? When I'm going through something, you're going through something. Because we are the grove. And so what I would want to say is when I say I am, it means we are. And when we are, the city is. And when the city is, the country is. And when the country is, the world is. And can you imagine when we hunger and thirst and all of us do that together, that we're, we're, we're world changers. And so one of the things I want to end with is that when we say we are, we are resilient. No matter what comes at us, we're going to get bad news. We're going to go through a lot in our life. We are resilient. We are confident. We are grateful. We are generous people. We are life-giving. We add value to wherever we, we go. We are consistent people. We are healed people. And that's how we how we um, approach relationships in our life. We are a blessing. We are God's children. We are all connected with our roots, and we are the grove. And if we switch that around, we go, I am, resilient. I am. So maybe this week, sit down and say, what are the things that you are? Yay, I did it in seven minutes. (laughs) Good morning, everyone. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Juan Mendoza, and I am a little nervous right now. Um, for those that remembered, my favorite color is blue. Uh, what else do you guys need to know? I plan worship. I'm grateful to be able to serve you guys. It's really awesome being here. Um, so for me, what I'm going to speak about, it kind of starts a little bit uh, before this year, um, and it actually starts December of last year. Um, that's when I was fortunate enough to graduate from college at NMSU in Las Cruces. Um, it was really awesome. Uh, thank you, thank you. Um, but it was it was one of the one of the things that God really challenged me this year was um, really how was I going to face the real world? You know, how was I going to be able to adult life and have actual responsibilities that I probably didn't really have in college because um, all I did was stay up to like one in the morning, hang out with friends and doing stupid things. Um, 
But one of the cool things is, uh, I'm fortunate enough that this year there was this really awesome book that came out called Safe from Success by Dale Partridge. It, was, it came out like the best timing. It came out like in earlier this year when I was having to deal with, with really what I was supposed to do now. You know, I finished that. Now what? Um, Dale Partridge, he talks about the expectations and what the world and culture tells you that you should be doing and really what that success should look like. But he compares that to what the Bible says success should be. Um, one of the things that he says in the book is true success is often counterintuitive to how our culture defines it. True success being what the Bible says um, we should be looking for. And so as I was thinking a lot about success this whole year and what I should be doing, well, I decided to Google it. You know, best way to start with something is Googling it. So I, uh, there were three definitions that Google will give you, um, one of them being the accomplishment of an aim or purpose, the attainment of popularity or profit, a person or thing that achieves desired aims or attains prosperity. So one of the words that stuck out to me there in the last definition was prosperity. You know, I've heard of that word a lot in the church. It's, you know, having things isn't a bad thing. You know, it's, it's good to have money, to have a house, to have a car, and to be happy, you know, with all that stuff. Um, but if you read the Bible, you know, God was showing me that that's not necessarily in there. I'm not saying that it's a bad thing, but he, what he wants is for you to have joy, you know, and that's slightly different. If you read the book of Philippians, you'll see what joy truly looks like. You know, Paul was just in a mess, and yet he was still praising God. He was still being joyful for the little that he had because that's all he really needed to have. Um, and, you know, you've got to remember that Jesus didn't really come and die for your comfort. He didn't come and die for you to have all these things. And it really hurt to, like, know these things, you know, to, for God to, like, tell me these things. Second thing that God was really telling me about was the whole idea of the comparison game. Um, it was one of those things where I would see people driving nice cars, uh, have a really nice house, you know, have the job of their dreams. Like, I was jealous seeing people, I like, just drive Teslas. Like, that's, that's what I want. I want a Tesla Model 3. But it's like, God was telling me, you know, that's, that's not going to make you happy. Like, how do you know these people aren't going home to having to fight with their spouse, to having a relative on a deathbed. It's like, how is their relationship with their parents or their children? Like, you know, you got to think about what really matters in uh, the car, as great as it could be. Um, and another thing, too, is is going with the crowd. God was telling me, you know, you don't have to do that, um, whether it's a good thing. You know, their calling is not your calling, you know. Um, most people just want to chase what other people tell them to do to chase what media and culture tells you to chase whether you know that's what advertisement is all about it's like look at the celebrity they have these really nice kicks so that means you should have them but it's like no you're not supposed to do it just because they have them you know what one of the questions that i asked myself and I'll, I'll put it up later but it's why do you do the things you do and who do you do them for um i have to ask myself like it, these things could be good and they could be right um but what's the reason behind what you're doing? You know, why? You know, you graduated. Why do you want to get a job? Is it just because everyone else is telling you to do it? Is it because you know you want to, or is there something bigger? You know, um, God, um, Jesus in the Bible in Matthew, he tells us a little bit about what it means to go to the crowd and how that works. Um, he has this parable where he talks about the narrow gate and the wide gate. So in Matthew 17:13 through 14, it says, "Enter through the narrow gate." For wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it, but small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. God is really telling me, like, man, and, and for everyone, you know, just because you're at a certain age, you know, just because you just got married doesn't mean, oh, you have to have kids now, or, or man, I need to get married because I'm already at this certain age, or, or, you know, some of you are maybe in like your 40s or 50s and you're just like, I didn't go to school. That doesn't mean you should, you know, put erase that in your life. Like there's still things to do because, you know, God could be calling you to do those things. Um, so as I as I said before, um, there, you know, a lot of these things that that we aspire that success to us could be is things that are really just here and now. Um God shows us in the Bible and the Word 
in First Timothy 6, 7, that really what matters, you know, it's not supposed to be here. It's, it's for something else. Because for what we, for we brought nothing into the world and we cannot take anything out of it. Um, you know, what God wants you to focus on is no matter what you're doing is to, to really do what he commands you to, you know, to build his kingdom, to love your neighbor, to, to love on people, you know, to give. And that's what he was telling me a lot. It's like, no matter what you're doing, like, make sure it complements what God wants you to do and not compete against the Bible. Um, one of the biggest questions that I had, and I kind of mentioned it prior, is why do you do the things you do and who do you do them for? Uh, it's one of those things that I challenge you all to, to think about, you know, is it, are you really waking up in the morning for yourself, for your family? Um, are you doing it for God? You know, it's, just ask yourself, what are the smallest decisions waking up in the morning or, or career choices or whether it's having another kid, you know, um, just think about that. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. You guys sound a little bit more awake than first service, but not so much. Should we try it again? Yeah? Okay. Good morning, everybody. So my name is Kaylee Jones. I am the kids ministry director here at The Grove. Um, are you guys having fun yet? Yeah, this is really cool. I'm so blessed to be a part of this awesome leadership team. Um, honestly, guys, these people, their heart is to serve. Their heart is to um, put all of this on for you guys so you guys can have the best experience of church possible. Um and so we're working our butts off to do that. And I hope that you guys can um, feel that um, and appreciate that. Um, I was looking back on 2018 and when Pastor Eric had approached me about maybe sharing something that I had learned, um, something that just kept reoccurring, a word that kept coming to mind was opportunity. Um, this year for me was filled with opportunity. I um, got two new jobs, and both of them, um, I didn't really have any experience in the job description, um, but God has shown me favor in both areas, and so I'm just very blessed to uh, just have the chance to be a part of that. Um, I was recently reading an article by John Maxwell. Um, it is called Seeing Opportunities and Making Them Stick. Uh, so, I don't know. Pastor Eric talks a lot about John Maxwell, but he talks about um, leadership and just being effective and speaking and whatnot. And I thought that this was really fitting to what I was feeling for this year. He discussed a couple topics, or like five topics, but I want to go over two that really spoke to me. Um, the first topic that he went over was seeking opportunities out. So I know that it's really easy for us to sit back and kind of wait for things to come to us, doors to be opened miraculously, or, um, you know, we always kind of say, like, oh, if, like, God wants to open the door, he'll open it. And, yes, that's true. God um, will always make it very clear the way that He his will for your life by opening and closing doors. But I would um, want to challenge you guys to seek out, seek out opportunities for yourself. Um, if you see something that needs to be done, uh, take the initiative to make that happen. Um, he says that the right attitudes precede the right opportunities. So if you're going through something difficult, I would encourage you guys to take the lesson that is supposed to be, um, that's supposed to be learned in that difficult time and take it and grow from it. Um, turn the problems into opportunities of growth. <clears throat> A second point that he makes is to take initiative. He says, initiative activates opportunity. Um, he challenges the reader to, again, look around your community, look around uh, your family, and see what needs to be done. Um, there are so many opportunities out there for you to make a difference. And uh, John Maxwell challenges the reader to step up and grab a hold of opportunity. Having said all of that, I would like to challenge you guys as we go into 2019. This year will be full of opportunities for us, opportunities to learn, opportunities to grow. Um, even around here at the Grove, there's opportunities to serve and be involved. Get involved in small groups, guys. 
um, be a part of our community. Um, there will also be opportunities to go on mission trips, a chance for us to reach out of our own comfort zone, our own little world, and make a difference in someone else's life. Um, lastly, I want to challenge you guys to take the opportunity to be intentional with your families, with your husbands and your wives and your kids. Um, just taking the time to uh, invest, invest in the relationship and invest in growing together. I want you guys to remember to have the right attitude and, again, to take the initiative to make opportunities for yourself this year. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Uh, good morning, everybody. My name, <laughs> my name is Dylan Martinez. Uh, I've been coming to the Grove for about two years now. Uh, I serve in security, so I'm the bearded guy walking up and down the hall. And you know, it doesn't look like I'm doing anything as I'm drinking the coffee and eating the donuts, but we do, we do serious stuff. Um, so you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to give you guys something practical to do this year, uh, something that helped me. And um, it started it, it started off by uh, like kind of by accident. So. This time, or almost this time uh, a year ago, um, well, um, not even a year ago, beginning of this year, <laughs> January 7th, I took some fitness measurements just so I could be like, dude, I'm going to work out hard. I'm going to get like, super jacked and I'm just going to be like, I'm just going to be like Superman. And so uh, I took these measurements and uh, I worked out really hard for like a month. I was like, yeah, this is awesome. And then I totally forgot about it. And I was super inconsistent. Um, I, I totally forgot about my notes. Every now and then I'd work out, you know, I'd have like a good run, but it, it wasn't consistent. And then last two or three months, I've been, I've been like super consistent. I was like really proud of myself, but the only way I was like measuring my progress was just like, I'd look in the mirror and I'd be like, dude, I'm jacked. Like I look like, I look like King Leonidas 300 next, next movie coming out. I'm going to be in it. And then even that same day or another day. I'd look at myself, and I'm like, I'm like a lame beggar. Like, oh, my God. Like, I need to wear some sackcloth. Like, I don't know what's going on. And so it's like a really bad way to measure success. You just look at yourself. And so uh, that was kind of like my whole thing with it. But I was excited because going through all those, you know, mirror measurements, I, I one day I ended up finding my notes that I had taken of my fitness measurements. And I was like, oh, man, I'm so glad I did this. Like, thank you, past me. Like, now I have something to go by. So it was really cool. And so now I have something to go by. And then it kind of reminded me, too, because my wife, she, a couple a couple weeks ago, or actually more than that, like a couple months ago, we found this, like, journal entry that she had written from when we were, like, first married. We had our first child. And uh, things were kind of hard at that time. You know, finances were rough. Um, relationships with our friends were kind of rough. Just because, you know, we were, like, the only ones with a kid. And, you know, they'd call us at, like, 9 o'clock at night and be like, dude, let's go let's go hang out. And we're like, we can't do that. We have kids. Like, <laughs> you, you don't do that with people who have a brand new kid. And uh, and then, you know, for her specifically, like, her direction, her goal in life, she wasn't sure um, who she wanted to be or what she wanted to be or how she's going to do it. But it was cool because that was many years ago. Um, our oldest child is eight now and uh, we just found this a couple months ago and it was really cool because you know she was expressing her heart her her um her heart and her thoughts and feelings and it was a, it was kind of like a letter to god and uh it was kind of funny because we were looking at it and we're like wow that's crazy because now we can look and we're like our finances aren't where we want them to be but it's much better than it was before and you know our relationships you know some of our relationships friends that we had at the time they're not there anymore but some, we have some new ones now, and then we have the ones that we had at then, too, have become stronger. And so it was really nice. But the big thing that was really cool is, you know, now my wife, she she's much closer to the goal that she had in mind at the time than she was then. And so it was really nice. And so uh, the challenge for you guys is, you know, just we're going to, like, write it down this year. Like, let's write stuff down. Remember where we're going to – where we want to be. Um, so that in a year's time, hopefully, uh, you know, we can look back and be like, this is, I've made so much progress or not. I mean, sometimes you, the directions change and things are different than what you anticipated. But 
that's what I want you guys to do. It's more of like practical things. People call it prayer journals and things like that. But write down everything. You know, write down opportunities that you think are opportunities that you might take. And then write down um, struggles that you have, prayers that you have, you know, um, wants that you have, uh, your definition of success. And then maybe it's different in a year. Um, keep it all in a record. It's kind of how the scriptures are, you know. It's kind of just like a a reminder of who God is, of where we've come from and where we are now and where we're going and the progress that we've made. And it's really nice because it's if, – if, if you look back and in, in you forget about these things that you wrote down, but then you look back from a, or a year from now and then you're like so happy you wrote it down, you'll see the changes and it, it'll give you that, that renewal like it did in me. Like it gave me that fire again. I was like, oh, my gosh, yeah, that's so awesome. Like I have – you know, come a long way. And it wasn't by my own power, but it's by the Lord's grace. And so I just want you guys to do that with everything that everyone else is going to speak on. You know, write all that down and keep track of it. And if you forget about it, that's cool because you can pull it up later. Write it down in a little notebook, in a journal. You could put it in your phone. If you guys don't know how to put it in your phone, just find a millennial. They'll show you how. Just don't let them spend too much time on it because then you might end up with a blog and a GoFundMe account and then you're just going to be way in over your head, okay? But uh, hopefully you guys will do that. Uh, hopefully it will be practical for you guys this year. And uh, thank you all for the listening to me. <laughs> Hello, my name is uh, Lucas Romero and I serve here at the Grove. Um, G Kids, I do the middle school group and I am a part of groups and I help with the welcome team, but... Today I really want to focus on small groups um, because small group has changed my life ever since college to even now, this last semester, this last season of my life. Um, it has helped me out a lot, and it's because of the small groups that I'm in that really paint a picture of um, to move me forward, to draw me forward, and the help of my pastors and just the people behind me just for all their encouragement. Um, we're a church. We're a big body, but... Uh, you know, in these smaller groups, we're here together to help one another. Um, so I'm going to open up in First John 1, 7, where it says this. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all our sin. Um, to amplify, um, we need friends to do that. Because if I just shine my light by myself, I'm just shining a light and nobody else can see it. So it's really not helping anybody. It's just a bright light. But if I amplify it with others and we amplify it together and we do we continue to do this, then we're just painting this full picture, this full auditorium of a light that together we're better. Um, and that's what God really did for me. He really showed me this year. Um, so this year uh, we did a beta version of a small group um, that I hope all of you um, take a part in because it did change my life. And I hope it does the same for you. But in this small group, um, it's called Freedom, and it was really exciting because, you know, you go to church and, you know, you think things are okay, and um, sometimes you realize that they're not, and they're hard, and um, we become like, just, it's, it's, it's a hard, um, it's hard. So I went through this small group, and I realized that in this small group that I hadn't forgiven somebody that had hurt me um, two and a half years ago, and I was carrying this burden with me along the way and it was hurting me and I I had pushed it to the back burner and I said oh it's okay I just won't talk to this person anymore and you know I just said okay I'm gonna let it go so as I let it go you know it kept coming back it kept haunting me because you know if you cover up something with dirt you know it's still there right we, you have to pull it from the root so as we went through this small group I realized that wow like these people really care for me and I have somebody to lean us alongside me and to show me love and, you know, they care about my issue and together we're just going to be better because, you know, I care about their issue and, you know, we're just going to get through this together because we're doing it together. So as we began to go, I began to realize that my problem wasn't hard that, you know, I'm going to talk to this person. I'm going to make this issue go away um, for good because it's not going to hold me back. So, um, I talked to my small group and I said, okay, let me um, make a phone call. I'm gonna, this week I'm going to make a phone call before we go to Freedom Conference. And I did that and I made this phone call. And at the end of the phone call, I just felt like I wanted to jump 100 feet in the air because I just felt free. And um, then people began to say, wow, like 
something changed about you. You just seem really different. Like, wow, like you don't seem the same. And it was because, you know, I was late. I wasn't holding what was holding me down. And it was awesome because I was free and I felt freedom. So then later we go to this freedom conference and it was awesome because I said, God, I'm going to leave that in the past and I'm going to expect for what you have for me in the future. So at this conference i just gave everything to god and he just began to reveal things for me and the people that i had met in the small group irving being one of them we just began to just have this bond together and it was awesome because it wasn't me telling a story it wasn't me just being irving's friend but we began to be brothers and you know we were working out yesterday and wow it was awesome because he was pushing me to be stronger and it wasn't just a spiritual thing but it was a physical thing and we had something that we can relate to each other about And, you know, I hope that happens for all of you, that you can have these relationships with each other, because if we do life alone, then it's going to be boring. So um, C.S. Lewis does say it best. He says this, In each of my friends, there is something that only one other friend can fully bring out. By myself, I am not large enough to call the whole being into activity. I want other light than my own to show all of its facets. Hence, true friendship is the least jealous of loves. Two friends delight to be joined by one, by a third, and by a fourth. And only the newcomer is qualified to become a friend that you can say, and he is a blessed soul, Irving and Eric, who are in my small group. Here comes the one who will augment our loves, for in this love to divide is not to take away. So, you know, Eric and Irving were in my small group this semester. They helped me. But, you know, there's going to be two other, three other people that are going to be in your small group and they're going to help you along the way. And the problems that you're facing, it's not going to seem that hard to face because you have somebody to go alongside you. And when it seems difficult, they're going to be able to lift you up and pick you up. So then, you know, what's the purpose behind small groups then? Um, small groups have one simple purpose, to bring people together. We believe God created us to live in relationship with others. And only then can we live life to the fullest he intends for us. Sharing life through community is part of our design, but meaningful relationships aren't always easy to find. That is why small groups exist, to make life-changing relationships relevant and accessible to you. So that's why they're created, because, you know, it's hard to talk to everybody in the church. There's 200 of us. But if we can create these times where you can go and you can find freedom in these little groups, then when you come to church, the burden will seem lighter and You'll be able to live in freedom. So then my challenge for you today then is this. Join a group so that together we can too find our freedom and discover our purpose so that we can find the one, the one that's missing, the one that's not here now, so that our church could begin to grow and continue to just look more like the kingdom of God. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Uh, My name is Nikki Jones, and I'm a control freak. Can anybody relate? (laughs) Hi, Nikki. Um, I certainly struggle with control. I struggle so much so that I'll give you a little example. I asked Shannon to make nachos the other night for dinner, and then I proceeded to tell him how to make the nachos. Who in here knows how to make nachos? Not difficult, right? (laughs) Um, That's just a a small example. But I'm going to give you an example today um, in an area in my life where I had to learn to give up control. So our family has been a part of the Grove since launch. Uh, We were part of the planning, and then the Grove launched, and we were here. And, you know, that that was an intense time. You're planning, and... And you show up really early, and you get stuff set up, and you're learning how this stuff works. And, you know, the first service, the first few weeks came and went, and we were still getting up really early. And my family was going different directions when we would show up here, and sometimes we weren't even coming to church in the same vehicle. Um, And then we weren't sitting together during church. Um, We sometimes wouldn't even see each other until it was over, and the trailer was packed back up, and... And it was different for me because that's not how I knew church to be. To me, churches, you get in the same vehicle, you come, you say hi to some people, you come sit down together, and you leave together. 
And I struggled with that. I struggled with that, and I wanted to control that. Um, I didn't know that I was trying to control it, but I felt really bad expecting my kids to get up at 6 o'clock on a Sunday morning to come help set up. And I felt really bad um, that we didn't get to sit in church together. They didn't complain about getting up early, and they weren't complaining about not sitting in church together and having responsibilities. But I felt, I felt that I needed to control that. So what changed? Um, I had to pray. I had to pray about it. I had to give it to God. Um, the interesting thing about prayer is it doesn't change God. Prayer changes us, right? <laughs> Numbers uh, 23:19 says, and I have to read it here. It says, God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? That prayer and putting that control in God's hands over my family being a part of this um, didn't change God. It changed me. Um, You know, when we pray, we invite God into the situation. When we hand over our frustrations, our concerns, our heartache, our struggles, our wants, and our needs, when we hand over what we're trying to control, we allow God to change us. We invite him into our situation, and we ask him to change us. So I also want to share with you another scripture, 1 Peter 5, 6 through 7. And that says, so humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. God cared that I was struggling with the fact that we weren't sitting together in church. God cared about the fact that I, I felt bad asking my kids to get up at 6 o'clock on a Sunday morning. God cared about that. He didn't reprimand me. He didn't, he didn't um, make me feel bad about what, what I was dealing with. He, he helped change me. How did God change me? <laughs> he gave me peace, first of all. He gave me peace with what we were doing here. And, you know, this year, this past year, 2018, he helped me to see the bigger picture. Um, I couldn't see that. I couldn't see that when we're getting up early on a Sunday morning. I couldn't see that when everybody was going different directions and having different responsibilities to fill a role here at the Grove. All I could see was, was my tiny little bit. But um, as this past year has gone by, we've had lots of changes. Um, Kaylee moving out, doing her own thing. Jared going to college. That's an area I want to control, <laughs> right? I want to control. I want to keep a hold of my kids and make sure that, that they're doing what, what I think they should be doing. I want to control my marriage and make sure it's going the way I think it should be going. Um, something as small as trying to control making the nachos, something as small as trying to control how we spend our Sunday morning, right? And something as big as these other things. But the bigger picture is that if I had held on to that control, we wouldn't have had these opportunities for growth. So these pictures are going behind me, not to show you how great my family is, not to show you how, how wonderful we are. We're not, we struggle. I shared with you a little of my struggle, but had I held on to control, we would have missed these opportunities. Had I held on to control, my kids would have missed out on growth. I would have missed out on growth. My husband would have missed out on growth. So learning to submit my will to the will of God for what he wants, because he wants something way better, way bigger than what we, when we can even imagine for ourselves and our families. So learning to submit that, learning to say, God, it's not my will but your will. Every morning, and this is the truth, I wake up and I say, God, I put today in your hands and I ask you to be in control. So I want to leave you with this. Let go and let God. Let go of, of, of um, the control. Submit that. Submit your will to his. And you can say, not my will for my marriage, God, your will. Not my will for my kids and where I think they should be and what they should be doing. Your will. Not my will for my life, God, your will. 
And I just want to leave you with that and encourage you with that. And thank you so much. Good morning, guys. Uh, I'm Irving Gonzalez. And I just want to point out to you guys real quick how amazing God is. Everybody who's up here right now, none of us have talked to each other about what we were going to speak about today. And it's all related in one way or another. So God set up a theme. How about a round of applause for God? Um, I'm going to start a little different than these guys, too. I'm going to start off with my challenge. And my challenge is for you guys to say yes to God in, uh, in the new year. And the reason why that's my challenge is I'm going to share with my story with you guys about why I'm even here. And it started a couple years ago, and it started with some pesky little flyers who kept showing up in my car, at my house, on my door, um, you name it. Anywhere I went, I kept seeing, join me at the Grove. And I got so sick and tired of these little flyers that I said, I told my wife, okay, maybe we should go. Let's go one. Let's go one Sunday just so that the flyers can stop, just so that the invitations will stop. And the reason why I felt like that is I had given up on church. I had given up on church. Um, I did grow up Catholic, and I feared God. I knew who God was. I knew of God, but I never knew God. And so what, what we did is, uh, we were thinking about it. We contemplated coming a lot. And again, only for the sole purpose of stopping the invitations and stopping the flyers. So one night I go to bed and I have a dream. And in my dream, I'm I'm walking to a church. And in this church that I'm in, there's a lot of people that I know that I'm not really fond of. And I feel uncomfortable. It's not a good place. It just feels wrong to be in there. So in my dream, I walk out into the streets, and it's dark, and I'm walking through, and I find another building that's a church. And I walk into this building, and I feel comfortable there. It's it's a homey feeling. I feel welcomed. There's, it's just a good place to be at. And to me, that was God telling me, you know, you, you need to go here. And so I talked to my wife. We said, let's go. And we came here. And the first I was still like, this is kind of weird, you know, people are, have their hands up in the air and waving them like they don't care, and that's just weird to me, that's not who I am, that's uncomfortable, but to my wife, she, she, God spoke to her that first, that first day we were here, and so she was like, we're going back, I said, all right, we'll go back, but as soon as we're done, I got a haircut to get, and we got things to do, so I don't want to stay there and make friends with people, I don't care to join the groups i don't care to join anyone let's go i'll sit there for you and let's leave as time goes by i start observing you know the church and what's going on and i see that there's some opportunities in different areas and so another dream i had i go back to bed and i see jesus's face in my dream and he looks at me and he tells me i love you more than you know and that was it and so that impacted me a lot. So it brought me to my second yes to God. And that was finding opportunity to serve in the church. And the reason why it's so important to serve in the church is because you build these relationships. And God constantly talks about relationships with people. And God lives through us, through the people. He talks to us through people. And some of the most important relationships, some of the people I value the most in my life are in this room right now. Whether you've asked me that a couple years ago, I would have said, no way. I would have said, no way will I be on stage talking to people about what I've been through because that's not me. And I think that's a huge challenge for a lot of us is just standing there and saying, that's not me. I'm not comfortable doing that. And it's, it's uncomfortable. But let me ask you guys a question. Do you guys think it was comfortable to die on the cross? Because God died in the cross for your lives, for our sins, and so that we can have better lives. And knowing that, for me, was just so important. And there, that's the least I could do for God who changed my life, who has saved my life, who has got me out of situations I never thought I could get out of. The least I can do is serve to God. So I ask you guys to join groups, join team. It's so important to be part of the community that's here at the church. And I know a lot of you guys come in. You sit down, and it looks like we're we have everything covered, but there's so many areas of opportunity here at the church and it's not just the opportunity it's the relationships you guys will build 
every single person up here has spoke and touched on the relationships that they've built here at the church. And trust me, your life will change. My life has changed. I'm in a situation in my life where I, I'm i not where I want to be, where the end plan, the end game, whatever you want to call it, but I am definitely have more than I could have ever asked for in my life. I'm happier than I've ever been in my life. And all that has come from just saying yes to God. So with God doing everything he's done for us, why can't we say yes to God? When you have that feeling inside that tells you, maybe I should try this, maybe I should join this, but we let ourselves tell ourselves, no, that's not for me. That's uncomfortable. And it takes a lot for us to really get out of our comfort zone. It's taken me, even recently, it's still, um, Pastor Eric puts me in a bunch of situations where I'm not comfortable in them. You know, that's not me. But I push myself because every time I push myself, I've seen growth. I've seen God show up in my life and change my life and do such amazing things. So for 2019, I challenge all you guys, step out of your comfort zone. Say yes to God. Join a team. Join a small group. Get plugged in. Build the relationships. And then if you guys all can accept my challenge, I'd love to talk to you next December and tell me how your year went. I guarantee nobody will say, oh, I'm so done with this year. Thank you, guys. Hey, let's give them a hand. Come on, would you stand to your feet? That takes a lot of courage. and Good job, guys. So proud of each one of you. Thank you so, so, so much. I am so honored uh, to have these seven individuals on the stage to be able to share. Um, it's, it's awesome to hear. I bet you, so, so Irving's wife, Veronica, she's in the sound booth. If you ask her uh, what change God has made in Irving, I, I guarantee she said, would say, I never thought he would do that, what he just did today. Um, and it's amazing to see just in a few years what God does in people's lives. And the rest of the team is awesome. Um, I love each one of them. Um, they've served faithfully. Uh, many of them are on the journey. We're not perfect, but a lot of them have been on the journey for a lot longer. Uh, Irving's a little newer to the journey. And in fact, when we started the Grove, uh, Irving is the people that we dreamed of reaching. Um, and to see that just within a few years, how God can begin to change somebody's life is just, it's amazing. Um, and um, man, I'm overcome a little bit just because, um, you know, he talked about his dream. And when he came to our church, he said the first church, he was judged in his dream, and he, he wanted to leave, didn't want anything to do with it. And that's what he grew up with and just knew. And when he went to that second place, um, when he walked in, he said, he said, I dreamt about your church. It was a couple weeks later, he told me about his dream. And he said it, it was welcoming. People were welcoming as I came in, and I just, something clicked and said, this is, this is your dream. This is the place you were at. Um, it, was just, it was a different environment and different atmosphere for church. And um, it's just amazing to see how God does, does things to people who are willing uh, let me summarize what they said, all right? We're a small gang who go after success, looking for every opportunity. Make sure you write these things down so we can celebrate. Um, get in a group because you'll find freedom. Um, let go of control by praying and seeking God, and life will get better. And get, get involved get and serve, and your life will begin to, to be changed. It'll fall into place the way God has it to you. I think that's a pretty good summary of uh, the message we just heard today from different individuals who are, who are just like you and me. Um, that's the one thing I want you guys to, to realize and see is that uh, the things you go through, we go through. Um, and I know sometimes, because I'm the pastor, there's this idea that I have it all together and I'm not like you. And, um, but I hope you see that as, as you see other individuals here that aren't pastors, they're serving. I'm so grateful for the Joneses and for their kids getting up at 6 in the morning and all of our team that gets up at 6 in the morning. That's, today was a hard day to get up at 6 in the morning, right? It's cold outside. It's, re- it's single digits. It's very, very cold. We're out packing the trailer. It's cold. It's one of those days you say, man, I really wish I could just stay in bed today. But we get up, and for the last 223 Sundays, uh, our team has got up at 6 in the morning, many of us, uh, to get over here to do what we do. And it's an amazing thing, and, and as you listen to their stories, how God uses this time, um, it, it's, it's incredible to see how God does that. And today, hopefully my, my prayers as you've, you've listened, uh, that in this, God has challenged you, you with something. I, I hope it's seven different things he's challenged you with, but... My challenge is, would you really consider and think about this next year? What are one of those things they said today that you need to do with your life? What is that step you need to take? Some of you, like Nikki, you're control freaks. And honestly, if we're all honest, a lot of us have control issues. But, but this next year, what would it look like if we begin to say, all right, maybe God wants to do something better than what I can do with my control and what I could do with organization by myself. Um, maybe it's getting in a small group and beginning to let people in your life so you can begin to find freedom through different hurts, different things that you've had in your life that you've been holding on for too long. 
That's an important step for us as a church. We want you to get in small groups. Whatever it is that you've been challenged with, maybe like sincerely you want to join her gang. Maybe you're a Vata out there and you want to be part of her gang. Come, come and join it. Whatever that, whatever that step is, I want you to, be, to, to begin to say, God, what, what do you want me to do? What, what's the next step for, you, for me in 2019? Because I, I promise, uh, I hear this over and over. Irving is, is one example there, but everyone up here, as you talk through the stories of how God will do something with the decision we make, he leads us to something better. Um, and I promise, I hear these stories over and over and over because uh, as, that's why I do what I do. is why I've said I want to I serve God through the local church because I want to see more stories like this. Marriages get better. Families get better. People that are addicted find freedom. People that are sick find healing. That's why we do what we do every single Sunday. And my prayer is that you would just say, God, what, for 2019, what is it you want me to do? And begin to open your heart and let him in. Um, let, him, let him begin to lead and guide. Uh, for some of you in this room, as, as, as these people have been talking, uh, you, 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 you might be here and maybe you're, maybe you're new to church. Maybe this is a new experience, a new journey. Uh, maybe you've heard some of yourself in some of these stories and you relate. And maybe like some of you are like Irving and you're in that spot where he was a couple years ago where he really don't want anything to do with church or maybe even God so much. But today you've been challenged and God is saying, let me in. Let me help you on this journey. Uh, today I would love for you to make a decision um, that will change your life. That will change the trajectory of your eternity and your future. Um, and what, what, what I mean by that is it's a, an opportunity for you to have a relationship with God. Uh, see, we believe that God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross to live a life just like us, to walk like us, and to, to experience life like we do. Uh, but not just to experience it, but to give us a way to have a relationship back with God. He died on that cross for you and me. Um, and he opened a door for us to come back. And the Bible says that if we'll just confess that we don't have it all together, if we'll acknowledge to God that we aren't perfect and that we've made mistakes and we've sinned and we've chosen the opposite of what he wants, that if we'll acknowledge that and we'll, we'll, we'll ask him to forgive us, that he, he, he hears those prayers because it's a prayer of humility. It's a prayer of somebody who says, uh, I'm not, there's no pride here. I can't do it on my own. And God always responds with that. And you open your heart and you open your life. And if you're here today, I'd love to lead you in that prayer. It'd be the start of that journey. Do me a favor. Would everybody close your eyes and bow your head as we end our service? If that's you here today and you'd like to say, say that prayer with me, I'm not going to call you to the front. Just right there in your seat, lead you in a prayer. Um, if that's you, would you let me know you're here by just lifting your hands, saying, today I want, to, I want to take that step of faith. Awesome. I see some hands. I see a few hands. Anybody else? I need to take that step. Awesome. And if you raise your hands, I believe if you continue to seek God through 2019, it'll be the best year of your life. Let him in. Let him let go of some of the other stuff you need to let go of and let God continue to lead and, and challenge you. For you that raised your hand, would you pray this prayer with me? And if you're a Christian and Christ follower in this room, would you pray with us so that they're not praying alone? And just say this prayer. Say, Father God, today I acknowledge that I need your help. Forgive me of my past, of my sin, of my choices that led me away from you. Today, open my life to you. Would you come in? Change me. Give me a new start. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on that cross in my place so I could have a new life. I put my trust in you. Would you lead me and would you guide me? Help 2019 be the best year of my life as I follow your lead. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Come on, church, let's celebrate those that raised their hand and prayed that. So awesome.